I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this podcast, which is an abridged version of the television interview that I did with Ollie Mayers as part of my In Conversation series for W. This podcast is brought to you by UKTV Play, the free on-demand service. Tonight, I'm going to be in conversation with someone whose first appearance on British television was a disaster on Deal or No Deal. He then went on to sell 16 million records and become one of Britain's biggest pop stars. Tonight, I'll be in conversation with Ollie Mays. Thank you, thank you. First of all, Ollie, thanks for doing it. Absolute pleasure, mate. I'm, I'm excited to, to be here and do the show, so thank you for having me here. I was looking at your your career, and it's it's quite interesting because there's a, a real parallel between your career and my career, because I first started getting on telly about 2009 and started breaking through 2010. And it was the same for really? you, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Could you, what were you doing before this again? I was working for a pharmaceutical That's company. That's it. Love oh, that. And I always remember you telling me the story when we was at Soccer Aid. Yeah. And I was so nervous because I, you know, just come off X Factor. And we did obviously this Soccer Aid, this big charity football match together. And I remember I was so nervous and no one was really talking to me. And I was just this guy from X Factor did karaoke. And all these, <laughs> there's all these big stars in there. There's Robbie Williams and all these people that have had successful careers. And I remember me and you actually... You not sort of took me under your wing, but I remember we went and sat in the bar and... Because we had no mates. We had no mates. <laughs> <laughs> we were the only ones who were from we Hollywood. Were the, we, were the only ones that, we were the only ones that were normal. Um, and I remember we sat down and you told me your story and I thought it was, was incredible. So, yeah, and we've been mates but, ever since. Yeah, but there is... Yeah, and you're right, we have been mates ever since, which is, which is an odd thing in many respects because you are a bona fide pop star <laughs> and I'm a dad. <laughs> no, you're not. You're involved but in you're that. Not, no, but you know what I mean? You are a pop star. You know, there's no... There's no I don't like it. that word. I've never liked it. I, I don't ever... You know, you, when, you, you know, when you're born in another country, you don't put down what's your occupation. What pop do you star. put down? I just put, I think I put entertainer because I kind of do, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, but I kind of just write that down and I just put entertainer because I think that's kind of what I am. I sing, I, I do a bit of everything really. And I just think the word pop star, I mean, am I really, I'm not Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? I know, I know. And I, I, I get what you're saying, but it's odd because when you know someone and when somebody's become part of, almost part of everyday life, you, you forget the achievements that they've done. You know, like, you've 16 million records, so that's no mean feat. You've done five albums, four went to number one, and the one that didn't go to number one was Stop by Take That. Yeah. You know, you can't, Thanks. you can't say... Stop it, John. No, but you know what I mean? You can't, you can't just say, that's by accident. There's talent behind that, and the X Factor might have given you a break, but it couldn't have sustained that length of success. I never expected it to, to be honest with you. Now, you know... When you say 60 million, that's crazy to think that I've sold that many records across the world and I've had them number ones. But then I always want more. 
Yeah. You know, I want to keep going. I want to have more success, you know. So I speak. I think it's something, I mean, you always hear people say, but it's true. When I finish my career, I like that stuff that I would love to look at and go, oh, wow, that's amazing. You know, I've got them plaques to, to, to show my grandkids or, you know, the other generations of MERS is coming through. But it is amazing. I've, I've, I'm very lucky and grateful to, to have had, like, even this point in my career so far, incredible success. I'm very proud of it, yeah. So the X Factor happened that you were 25. Yeah, um... Yeah, I was 25 and I, I remember it was 2009 and I wanted to change my life. I, 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 was, at a, I was working in a call centre and office. I, I always had this feeling from a young age that I, I was a bit of an entertainer. I love, I love performing, but I, I didn't have, you know, I lived in Whittam in Essex. It's a very small town. Yeah. I didn't, you know, my mum and dad didn't have much money. We, we didn't go to drama school. I never had anyone in the family that did music. You know, my dad loved his music, but he didn't, you know, he, he wasn't like he was a music teacher or anything or he knew someone in London or... Because, you know, when you speak to other artists in this... Now that I've been in it and I'm still in it, you speak to them and they go, oh, yeah, well, I knew someone and I did this and I went yeah. to Brit school, I did this. You know, I, I was just a call centre worker in Essex. You know, I, I used to sit in there. <laughs> my dad always used to take, even now, he says, God, I remember walking past my room at 19, you know, and I was listening to Blue or Westlife and, in, in, and I've dressed myself up like a pop star and I'm singing in the mirror, you know, like a complete idiot, really. And I think back, like, what was I doing that for? But then all these things kind of made sense that it was something, it was in me that I wanted to do that. And X Factor was, was this, I remember seeing the emails and seeing it on the internet and I watched it and thinking, yeah, well, I could give that a go, you know. And I didn't, even now when I think back, I was so lucky. I, I just went for it and thought, I'll see what happens. And, and here I am now. Yeah, but when you, <laughs> when you say you were lucky, crazy. and again, you know, the story as I understood it, you walked in, you did X Factor and everyone went from there, but it, it wasn't really like that because that was your third... Mm. Audition, wasn't it? Yeah. So well, you you tried in 2007, mm -hmm. 2008, mm -hmm. and 2009. Yeah. So that's a couple of knockbacks before you think I'll keep going back. What made you keep going back? I think it's because I'm people who know me, I'm quite a perfectionist. So when I do something, I want to do it 110% and I want to do it well. And I remember watching the show previously and, and also hearing other artists' interviews when they talk about when they did auditions for things. They said, you know, like, you shouldn't give up, you should keep going. If you believe in yourself, you can do it. So, so I went... So talk us through, I mean, I... Yeah, so what you do Believe is it or not, I don't know the X Factor process. <laughs> okay. What, what actually happens? Well, you obviously, you, you apply for it, then you end up going to the O2. And, and the, I remember getting there, getting a train up, and I just got this leaflet saying you've been accepted for the audition, turn up at this day, 02, 9 o'clock. And I'm thinking, I was expecting probably six, seven hundred, a thousand people or something. I turned up at the 02, there was twelve and a half thousand people, all like me. It was kind of like, oh, bollocks, this is going to go down too well. I mean, you know, you've got a chance in hell. And I stood there for the whole time. I sat in the stands and they did it in sections and you think, oh, I've got my song, I've got my song. And I had, um, I think the first audition I did was I Want to Be Like You, Jungle Book. Yeah. Ooh, 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 <laughs> I want to be like you, ooh, ooh. They just went, nah, no. not, not for you, <laughs> not for you, mate. The Blackpool's that way. Auditioning to be a child entertainer. I know. And then I thought, I think I picked the wrong song choice. And then I, and then I didn't tell anyone really that I did it. I never told anyone that I did anything. because I. So you just went down. You applied yourself, went down, never told your mates, never told nah. your family. Went there, got a no, and I thought, right, that's it. I won't do it again. And then Because really funny, in 2007, I broke, 2006, 2007, I broke up with my, um, my first proper girlfriend. You know when you have your first proper girlfriend? Yeah. We was with each other for two and a half years, and, and we broke up, and... and <laughs> <laughs> my mum turned around, so don't forget it. I was in the in the house, and she said, "Right, you're single. It's time to get you on TV because you're going to earn us some money. We need some money. We've got bills to pay. You're going to make it work." I went, "What?" 
She goes, right, I've applied for you to do X Factor, do Big Brother and Deal or No Deal. And I did three. I did like, I applied for all these different shows. And I didn't, I didn't hear back from Big Brother and I obviously heard back from X Factor when it did that. And I didn't tell them what I heard back. I just went and did it. And then there was Deal or No Deal, which, um, which I ended up doing in 2007 before anything. So the, the, you did Deal or No Deal before X Factor? Yeah. So that was your first ever telly appearance. <laughs> yeah. So when I found out that you did that, what struck me about it is, first of all, you were crap at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, the thing, and the thing is, the game is so easy. You just pick boxes. And I ended up being the worst. And I, I never forget it. Noel Edmonds actually said to me at the end of it, he goes, this is one of the worst run of boxes in the history of this show. So I was I, thinking, I, why did it have to happen to me? Well, it, you, you said, yeah, because he asked you, doesn't he, what you want to do? And you said you, you wanted to take your, your nan to Graceland. Yeah. Because well, she's an Elvis fan. And yeah. you wanted to pay for some medical bills for your mum yeah. to help your mum who was struggling at the time. What, what, what was that? Yeah, at the, at the time, um, my mum had actually had to quit work because she had a form of MS. I think at the time we were discussing having to go to America, there was different things being said, and I just thought if I could get the money, then I could take her there, you know, and, yeah. and go and see a specialist of some sort. But we all knew at the time that was obviously going to cost money, so that's what I was trying to do. And then obviously I played the game. And <laughs> I remember at the time, this is what happened, I had the four big boxes, so I had the quarter of a million, I think, 100 grand, 75 grand, and 35 grand. So I get this offer through, and it's like it's 20... 22 grand and it's hard to explain when, when you're in this position you do TV shows sometimes you, you probably can probably remember the first few TV shows that you might have done it's a bit of a blur yeah. that whole experience of me sat on the chair I, I couldn't tell you what happened all I remember is the failures of what happened but it was a complete blur and if, if someone would have come out and said here's 22 grand Ollie in cash would you have would you have said yeah, deal or no deal? I would have deal. I would have taken the twenty two grand. But at the time, it was like silly money. When you're on the show, you're like, ah, oh, whatever. Like at the time, I felt like I was sort of invincible. You know that sort of ah, oh, yeah. yeah, this is just the game. Like it's fine. But actually, I completely forgot the reasons why I was there and how much twenty two grand was, how much I needed it. And actually, if I'd have taken it, it would have been <clears> incredible. I mean, I might not be where I am now. Who knows? But. I know, no, but to me, what, what what was interesting about it is, first of all, your age, you're, you're 23, and yeah. you're doing it, you're doing it not to buy a car, you're doing it not to buy a, a fancy watch or go on holiday, you're doing it to make a difference to you, but also by default make a difference to your family. The motivation behind it reflects a lot about you as a person, which was one of the things that I thought stood out when I first met you. You know, you're talking about being normal and being grounded, but also that look on your face, that that's genuine real disappointment it's like that <laughs> yeah it's going on but I, what i mean is that the, the motivation for going on it yeah. wasn't to get on telly no, the motivation was to do something what was your life like at that time my, my life was pretty cool really i mean like i said a really good upbringing my parents were great you know i never went out never went without i had a great it was brilliant but i just felt and i remember saying this to my parents because i ended up going traveling which is after i came back from deal or no deal and the yeah. whole experience i thought i need to and i remember saying this to my parents and it felt so horrible saying it if i'm honest with you i don't want to stay in this town and be like you and dad you know and i felt so bad saying that because i, I love my parents they're great but i said I, I feel like there's a whole world out there that i need to see there's a whole world out there of things that i can i can experience experiences that I can get and to be fair to my parents they they didn't have a go at me I, I felt they were a bit annoyed with what I said but um but then I went I ended up going I got on a plane and, and spent all my money and got myself in a bit of debt and jumped on a plane on my own and went to Australia for three months and that was like probably one of the best things I've ever done in my life over anything I've done now it was fantastic so I was going from September to December so because I can't miss Christmas with a family even though I 
I, you know, I wanted to leave. I was like, no, I need to get back for my family and I, I, I want to go back and also I want to do X Factor again. And I thought, I'm going to give it one last go because obviously we all watch X Factor, we all watch the show. <laughs> Over 25 category is the worst category in the history of the show. Like, it always had that reputation. It was always <laughs> like, everyone watched it and was like, oh, the Over 25s, they'll never win. So I, I had this in my mind. I was like, you know, I'm 25 next year. I'm going to give it one more go. It's the last time I'm going to do it. So you came back from Australia specifically to go for that third audition? Yeah. That was my mentality at the time. That's all I was focused on. Do you still think that X Factor moment was lucky? Do you still think you were lucky to get there? Oh, I was so lucky. Uh, the reason I was lucky is because that year on X Factor 2009, I don't know if you guys remember it, but... It was the first year they did the open audition in front of the audience. So, you know, you used to go in and do the standing yeah. audition in the room. And because I wasn't the best singer in the world, and I never sit here and say to you, you know, I'm the best singer ever, because I'm not, but I can entertain a crowd. And if it was, if it was, I'm telling you this now, if I was in a room singing on an X, I, I would not have got through without a crowd. I knew, as soon as I got on stage, I, I just knew that I can perform and I knew that I could move, use the crowd as an advantage for me and just use them. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, um, hopefully the judges might see something in me. Yeah, I'm not the best vocalist, but come on, you, you could give me a chance. But at the end of the audition ended up being my, like, that was it, that was it. My life changed. That day I walked out of that audition, it was like, wow, what's just happened? Like, I think my life's changed here. But between you doing X Factor and swapping your boxes on Deal or No Deal, you were, you know, you're literally a couple of years in between. And as you said, there's a chance that if you'd have won a hundred grand, the rest of it wouldn't have followed, would it? Probably not. I mean, listen, hundred grand back then would have just been, and it still is now. It's, it's a heck of a lot of money, and it would just, it probably would have changed my life. It would have changed the whole family's but that, life. That's what I mean. And me. it would have been interesting. But no, I, but I do believe the kind of person that I am. Money isn't everything to me. It never, it never has been. No. Like, and I think that the hundred grand, I would have sorted out my family, I'd have done things with it. But I mean, it still came down to happiness, you know, and money doesn't make necessarily make you happy. You know, you can get lovely gifts and materials and it's great, but in myself, in me, I like to think that I still would have made that, I still would have gone down that path. Maybe, yeah. maybe I wouldn't have gone on X Factor and had the life that I had, but I think that I still would have gone down music and it was in my soul really. I've looked in, I've looked at everything in my life. I've, I've analysed it and I've looked at where my family history's at and where my, my dad's side and my mum's side and it's just in my blood, really, to be a performer and a singer. So, so what was your childhood like then? Oh, it was brilliant. It was amazing. We, I loved it. I mean, when I look back on it, we used to have like, you know, the Sunday nights were the best night of the week. Forget school, forget everything. We used to Sunday nights at my house would be like we'd put the top 40 on the radio and we'd stick it on and we'd just sit there and dance in the living room and entertain my nan and granddad. And my, my uncle used to come, my mum and dad were there. We'd pretend we were Michael Jackson. We would pretend we were these miming. When you say we? Oh, it's me, my brother, and my sister. So we'd yeah. all come down. It's like a, my nan turns around even now, she turns around, it was like a royal variety show. You know, we would just dance and sing every Sunday night. We wouldn't, yeah, we wouldn't go to bed till late, and it was the the best time of the week. And so, how old were you then? Because your sister's eighteen months older. Yeah, yeah. So we were, oh, we, from the age of five, six, seven, eight onwards, we probably had did that till we was about twelve, uh, until we got cool enough. Oh, I ain't doing that anymore. Sunday nights. But every Sunday we used to have a family day. Everyone used to come around, the whole family, and we'd all catch up. It was great. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by UKTV Play, the free on-demand service, where you can watch the TV shows you love from Dave, Yesterday, Really and Drama, wherever you want, whenever you want. The home of BAFTA-nominated series Taskmaster and the critically acclaimed Red Dwarf, alongside other UKTV Play exclusive including The White Princess and Most Haunted. 
UK TV Play offers free access to thousands of hours of comedy, drama, documentaries and paranormal TV, all for free. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I've got to ask you this because I've got two older sisters, but I've got an older brother. Yeah. And, I, and you know what? I've never, thinking about it, I've never asked anybody, what's it like just having an older sister? It's really weird because... <laughs> We were because of the even the eighty months difference. The reason because we're because we're, bo- we're lads because we were boys, we always looked out for my sister. So my brother was my brother's like always been sort of like the rough and tumble kind of guy, and I was always, we always used to say I was the lover, he was the fighter, and yeah. that's why we were brothers, and that's that's why we're twins, and that's why we we had that sort of balance. And and he used to always protect my sister all the time. If there was an argument at school or someone said something to her, like he was the you know. But we never. But even now, like my sister's got kids and she's she's married and she's lives a completely different life to me but I still view myself as like the older brother like even though she's my sister I don't say oh you're my older sister I'm like I sort of like to look after her the reason I asked that was just the dynamic in the house because you've got two twin boys and then you've got an older sister so things like pretend, <laughs> pretending yeah. to sing and dance is alright if you've got an older sister if you've got an older brother yeah, there's a chance you get works. a dead leg for doing <laughs> yeah. that do, do you know work. what I mean well the classic story is we couldn't ever we couldn't ever eat a McDonald's with my sister because she told us that if we ate the gherkin we were going to die so <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd get a happy meal and she'd be like shouldn't eat that if you eat the gherkin you're going to die we're like, oh, just eat the Why chips, did they then. call it Happy Meal? I know, it was really funny. <laughs> Obviously, we sussed out. We used, well, we, we just used to take the gherkins out and eat it, you know what I mean? But it was just things like that, my sister. But yeah, well, I suppose when we were kids, she, she was looked after. She was the older sister. But as we've got older and, and we've become men, I suppose, I'd like to look after my sister. If there was any, any issues or problems, I'm yeah. always there for her. That's kind of how it works, I think. But yeah. But you said, you said obviously, the, the relationship with your twin brother was a balance of opposites in some respects. Yeah, no, it was always like, listen, you know, I think it's well documented in the press now. Obviously, we, we don't get on and that. And I think it's probably the hardest thing for me, the reason we, th- the fact that we don't get on now, because whenever we had an argument when we were kids, because we were twins, whenever we had an argument, it would be like, Aah! then we'd sit and watch TV and go, and we'd just, we'd just be yeah. normal again. We wouldn't, we would never hold a grudge. We'd never actually, we never, ever, ever fell out when we were twin, when we was at home, ever. It's hard now, obviously, you're not having, you know, your twin brother around to experience this life that I've, that I've now got. 
lot and knowing that we used to just have an argument or a, a disagreement and we'd just get over it and it'd be yeah. fine. And so I, I kind of, in my head, I think, I really hope the next time I see him, I don't know when it's going to be, but I do hope that will be the case. It sounds weird, but yeah. I, I hope that we just sit in a room and go, ah, oh, it's a bit of a silly eight years, wasn't it, really? Yeah. You I know, mean, for, uh, for people who don't know the backstory, you kind of fell out because you weren't able to go to his, his wedding because of commitments with X Factor. That's kind of it in summary, isn't it? No, it is. No, that is pretty much. I mean, the X Factor was sort of the nail in the coffin, I think, the fact that I couldn't go to his wedding and it was very important for him and I understood course, that. Yeah. But then I was, you know, I wanted to change my, as, you, as I've said a lot here today, I, I wanted to change my life and I was being selfish, I think. You know, I wanted to, I wanted for once not to listen to my parents or anyone around me and go, right, I need to make a decision on my life and go with it. And I did. And I went and did X Factor and Ben was sort of 50-50. He kind of supported me, but he wasn't really because he knew, which I felt even now, I even, I, I always see the good in people. I even look now and think, I love the fact that he was a little bit angry at me during X Factor. I think that he actually, deep down, he said to me, I think it was Judge's Houses. I came back from Judge's Houses. I, I was in a, 12 people, it was 12 other acts. You know, contestants that year, and he said to me, "We had a massive row." He said, "You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be at my wedding." You know, blah 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 blah. And I just sort of got off the phone. I was thinking, he's so confident in me getting to the final because I'm not. He, you know, the fact his wedding wasn't till the semi-final, but he always used to say to me, "It's so weird." Before I did X Factor, he used to always say to me, "Ben used to go, you should do X Factor. You'd win it." Did he was he musical or was your sister musical? They like to think they were. But <laughs> funny, the funny thing is, is my brother and my sister used to be the singers. They used to sing all the time we were kids, like joking on karaoke yeah. but I, I never I never used to sing I used to just mime by the way I don't mime now uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I can actually sing a little bit there was no musical like, in the family Ben but that's why I think when people ask me they say oh is it a jealousy thing because he wants to do what you're doing and blah, blah blah I'm like no because Ben was never like that I genuinely think you know I did make his wedding and it's just not listen one we need to sit down really at one point and have a conversation but how long is this since you spoke well I mean we spoke Probably 2013, we had a heated text or, or chat on the phone, but no, it's been it's been face to face like this. I haven't seen him since 2009. Yeah, that's so, got that's got to hurt everyone, though, hasn't it? No, it, 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 that's the thing about this, the whole situation, which is so difficult because you know, as much as there's this disagreement in the family, we all still love him. You know, he love he loves and hates me. I love and hate him, but we. There's still that love there, you know. And it's the, the, the hardest thing about it is, is that the horriblest thing, you know, no, no family's perfect, you know, and I'm just disappointed that this whole thing got out in the papers because it's just been a horrible experience. Every time you hear something said, it's, it's his words against mine and it's I'm yeah. saying something against him and it's just, it just keeps going on and on. And the, and the person at the heart of it that gets upset the most is my mum because, you know, she gave birth to us, you know what I mean? She loves us both equally. There's no, you know... I just hope that at some point we can talk before it gets too late and there's a, a you know there's a death in the family or there's something where we meet at the wrong at the wrong time you know yeah, yeah. so I listen we'll we'll catch up at some point I'm sure and we'll we'll chat and you know because I, I do think I'm missing that in my I do think I have that's the thing I do about think I, I do twin think bit, yeah yeah I do I I do suffer like I've just broke up, broke up with my girlfriend and it's been a massive um, learning experience for me even I'm 32 but not having someone around me when I had a girlfriend. You know, I was almost not my twin back, but I, I always have to be with someone. Yeah. I, can't, I can do things on my own now. I've grown up. I can do things on my own. And I did do the whole travelling thing on my own, but there wasn't a day that didn't go by when I went travelling that I didn't message my brother, you yeah. know, or he messaged me. So now not having him in my life and now being single, I do think I be having someone. I like mean, my brother's my twin, you know, it's a different connection. So I do think probably part of me needs to, to, <laughs> to sort it out, but... Um, 
we'll, we'll it's see. It's got to be two ways, hasn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. We need to meet in the middle at some point, but hopefully the papers can stop talking about it. Cause that, it just that's the, I mean, like, it came out in this because obviously, you know, we know each other, but you don't, you know, and you, you don't know everything about people that you know. And the message that's come out to me from it is from the whole family's point of view, no one's winning. It's like, it's not one of those, you know, family feuds where someone's done it for this reason and they, that person's got a better situation because of it. And so that's why I thought it was, it was necessary to, to talk about it because otherwise it wouldn't it wouldn't be reflective yeah. of what you've had to go through and also to an extent the price you've had to pay for the person you've become not not only missing the wedding for x factor but the fact that it's a story your family business is right. now public right. property that's the one thing that i just that's one thing i don't like about this job and i think i hear a lot of other artists and celebrities say it and you will probably say it is you know we are public property so you expect it you know like you're out there in the public and it's difficult when you see it and you, and i don't mind there being a story about me and you know a bar and i'm chatting up a girl or like mind there being a story about this or that but when it comes to family when it's that close to home you know like when you you know we was in Paris when the story broke out and I didn't know the story was coming I had no idea and I'm with my mum and I'm having to sit down with my mum who's had the great great day of her family at Disney and I'm having to tell her and you see your mum break down and cry in front of you it's horrible you know no one wants to see them you know their mum cry it's not nice so it, it, it's difficult to take when no matter how many I mean I'm sure it's difficult for him to see stories written about him and maybe things that he doesn't like what we've said about him, blah, 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 blah. But, it, you know, it's it difficult, you know. So where do you go now? What's your next step? You know what? 2017 for me, I've, I'm touring this year. I wanted to get back out on the road and tour. You know, it's, it, the last two years, obviously, coming off X Factor, you know, when I was presenting the show, I really went to get back in the studio and write again and, and do an album for the fans. And I have. It's been fantastic. We're number one. It's all been brilliant. Tour this year. And you know what? I'm just leaving the, it. The television presenting. Will you do that again? Do you want to do it again? <laughs> if, if there's no deadlock, I'm there. If there's, if not, as long as I don't, I mean, you know, that experience, I mean, look, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's the elephant in the room. I'm sure people want me to talk about it, but it was a, listen, X Factor experience. Well, to, to be fair, when you say that, there'll be people watching this who won't know. Yeah. So, so they're, they're looking around the corner now looking for an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there was an incident when you present Next Factor, but it came down to, to the vote, didn't it? And you, you, deadlock you, bit, yeah. you the deadlock bit where someone's got to go, someone say, and you said the wrong person. That's basically it. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. So basically, you ruined someone's life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that, Alex. It's still, it upsets me now. But no, it, listen. <laughs> I loved X Factor, and, it, and well, I think what people what really annoyed me on the show, and what, really, what bugged me every week when you'd see tweets or you'd see journalists writing rubbish. Yeah. What really annoyed me about the show is I have been given the, the biggest presenting job in the it's country. So, yeah. Right, I'm doing X Factor. Right, I have no experience in presenting the biggest TV show in the country. I'm not Dermot O'Leary. I'm not Anton Dick. I'm not, you know, Holly Willoughby. I'm not all these, you know, presenters. Carry on, uh, John Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, oh, stop it. Yeah, but like, you know, live TV presenters do. The, I've done this for. I've done yeah, kids live TV hard. shows. They've done it for ten years. I'm. I've, I've, I did it a wet day. I did it for a couple of years on Extra Factor, which is a lesser show. It's a. It's a smaller show. Could do. What I wanted, I could I could make a mistake. No one cared, All of, and that really annoyed me that no one ever turned around and said, "Give this guy a break." It's my first job. Listen, how many people in this room? Put your hands up if you've been your, when you first got your first job, you made a mistake. Come on, everyone's made it. There's gonna be someone who hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a a you didn't put your hands up either. <laughs> 
No, everyone does. Everyone but makes a, a mistake. But obviously, you know. it's but like, I did it. I listen, valid. I it's did the it biggest on job, and it comes with the biggest responsibilities yeah. and the biggest profile. But it is the thing that people who've never been in that world don't know because you're there, you're live, you've got someone in your ear counting yeah. and someone in your ear talking and someone talking to you and you've got to try and compute all of that and say some, it's a, it's, something it, Listen, I'll tell you that it's a skill and it really oh, is. People like them it is a skill make and it look so easy. The first time I was doing it, like, it was like when I did Extra Factor because this was like, you know, it was a little bit of my learning experience but, you know, someone's talking in my ear and I'm doing the show and, and he's like, so Ollie, next time you're going to do this, I'm like, what? And I'm actually talking to him but I'm forgetting I'm live on TV yeah. because I'm not used to someone talking in your ear like know, telling you stuff that, so you, you end up looking like Derek Okora don't you <laughs> <laughs> there's a voice if you ever at X Factor, there's this, there was this little corridor and there was all these like normal doors, normal dressing rooms, and all of a sudden down the end there was this big black dressing room <laughs> and it's all glossed in like you know it's it looks amazing and it's like I'm walking there like I'm thinking he's like going to school headmaster's office and he's knock on the door can I come in he's like Come in, Ollie. I sat down and he was absolutely fine, to be fair to him. He was more the press and stuff at the time. Yeah, yeah. But I loved it. It was a great experience. And I, like I say, the, the X Factor final for me, I remember I was on stage and I'm interviewing Adele, you know, and I've known, I've met and spoke to Adele a few times over the years. And I remember thinking, there's not many TV presenters. I had, we had One Direction as well, we were my mates, and we had Coldplay there at the time. And I remember thinking, you know, this year I'm, I'm actually on stage chatting to Adele, the biggest star at the time, the biggest album, the biggest, every TV presenter in the world wants to interview her. And I'm actually doing it. It right now yeah. so I can take a lot of positives from that and I've, I've thought I did a great final actually I was really I was really proud of what we did that weekend here in Caroline because I thought under the pressure that we was on we was sacked I mean before we even walked on the stage on the Saturday all the papers said we were sacked it was like you're sacked you're sacked I was like oh fuck it I'm getting sacked so I may as well enjoy it but I did I went out there and I, I just went let's just have it let's have a good time and enjoy it and it was like I said it was a great experience and something and, and I don't hold any grudges against X Factor? I hold no grudges with Simon. I I loved it. It was great. It was it was a, it was a phenomenal time. We always ask everybody who comes on the show to bring on a picture, a, a personal photograph. Yeah. This is the picture that you've selected. Yeah. Can you explain that to us? Well, this just goes back to what we were talking about earlier. This was the last. I don't know, how can I describe it? This is the last time that I was normal. I was a normal guy from Essex with a dream. I was with my mates. Um, this come back from Australia. Had my little, that's my Fiat in the background, my little Fiat Chiquento. I used to uh, tell the girls it was Ferrari red. Built and, for uh, danger. Yeah, <laughs> built for danger. <laughs> Good line, I wish I had that now. Um, which I actually continued driving for another year or two after X Factor. I con continued to drive that and live at my parents for two years before I made the big move but that picture for me I was with my mates we were getting ready for the festival season you know when you go to festivals yeah. and camping and uh, they said let's all we'll go over this field and get all our get all our stuff out the shed and see if it all still works so we had all our tents we got loads of beers and drinks and we just had a really good night and I was I got my guitar out and played some songs because I was learning the guitar at the time and that was my mate Kirk actually laughing and we were just I was having a laugh and they had no idea obviously at the time I was doing X Factor and at that, at that point I was I think a week after that that was shot I went to judges houses but um, this was all obviously at the time this wasn't on TV so no one yeah. knew who I was so that was probably the last time I spent that time with them before being me now and being on TV and so it was it was a nice time, and when because I because that's the thing, like it's very hard. I don't know if we've had anyone on this show who's been an overnight success. A li literally from being able to do that with your mates to you know not being able to go to McDonald's oh, or Starbucks. Was... And and f for you, do you ever look at that time with a little bit of envy? I do, and I don't. I I I. It's a great memory. I love it. 
but I love where I am now. I love this. Yeah. Ne I love this next chapter in my life. I, I think because, um, like you were saying at the start, I really wanted. To, I did really want to change my life, and that that's a fantastic memory that I've got, and I never forget that. But I, even talking about it is excited that the, the feeling that I had. If I could go back at a time in my life just to feel the that thing, you know, when you always you have that conversation at home, don't you? Know, people where people say like, there's any time in your life where you want to you want to feel that?" And a lot of people say it's when I, you give birth to your first child and you get married or. Maybe what's yours, married or child? Not many women say, I want the feeling that I had when I give birth. You know, but, you know <laughs> The I dads mean. go, oh, I want that feeling. It was great. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's yeah. the dad. But you know it's what I mean? big moment. Big yeah. moment in my life. I would go back to that moment there. That's yeah. why I picked the picture, because it was inside of me. I had this like, oh, my God, lads, if I could tell you all now what's going on in my life, you'd be like, what? But then I didn't want to say anything, so it was really exciting. And, it, and I, I knew at that point something was happening with my life and that no one else here... In, in my mates was it was gonna was it was, they were gonna find out in a couple of months time you know but I remember when we when it all came out because you know you said overnight success it was weird X Factor audition came out and literally my phone went mental and all my mates run me right Merz we're out <laughs> the girls know who you are now <laughs> we we're going out and we did we actually went out to Basildon in Essex. <laughs> Baz Vegas, and we went, into the, <laughs> we went into this bar, and no one knew what it was because no one watched X Factor as, <laughs> because they were already out drinking. And I'll never forget it. But the next, I mean, the 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 you know when you you see your name in the paper for the first time and you you go to the sh the weirdest thing for me and the hardest thing for me is because I wanted to get out of the bubble. Yeah, I got out of the bubble, but I can't help but go back to the bubble. And the thing is, is when I go, it sounds I'm not trying to joke here, but when I go back to the bubble, which is Whitham in Essex and Chelmsford, this area that I'm from, it's so hard for me because I love going home. And when I go home, like I just want to go for a walk because I know where everything is. I go down the town and I still see people that I used to work with, and I always go back to my old recruitment company every time I'm in Whitham. I'm in and say I'll have a cup of tea with my boss and that and reminisce on things but every time I go back there it's just I've, I would love to just be normal for one day and just walk around Whitham and just be normal again for that one moment because it was just where you live it's no place like home it's a bit of a cliche yeah. but it's true we're no place like home so when I do go home it's, it is, it's nice it's a good feeling we're also at that time as well you were still still together with Ben yeah that, that thing rift no, probably, happened, yeah. so no you're right I think well, this was a, another question I, I got asked the other day when the story came out, that if I would have not done X Factor, where would me and Ben be now? We don't know. We, we, we've still have had the argument. Would, we, would I have gone yeah. to the wedding? Would something would happen? You just don't know. It's all if, buts and maybes. But, I, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's a good, they were good memories, good times. Well, I think we'll all agree. That was a hell of a good conversation, wasn't it? Oh, Ollie. thank you. Thank you, man. Oh. This podcast was brought to you by UKTV Play, the free on-demand service. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.